Welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people on the farm. Well, Arlene, um, we're entering another week of being almost done with harvest. Um, we're down to like an embarrassingly small amount that's left to be combined. But it's how many times too- have you told me that? A lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> almost no, done. We're- almost done. Almost done. <laughs> We're down to the point that we could probably just leave it out there, to be perfectly honest, except that it would make my husband crazy. (laughs) Um, Oh, don't do that. What would the neighbors say? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would get some tongues wagging. What what, uh, our contractor that does our corn silage, what did he call it? It was like the the stock of shame, you know, when the the, the harvester goes through and there's like just a little patch that doesn't get done and they don't loop around and get it. Yeah. The stock my, of shame out in the field where everyone's like, oh man, they left that piece right there. Yeah. Right? No, there's like 10 rows maybe where it's too wet to get through it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, but yeah, it's not like we can leave it out there. There'd be a whole row of cars parked out there of people watching to see what we're doing because you know, even when we move cows back and forth, when we bought the Normandies and they looked different. I mean, still in the summer, we get people just almost stop in front of our house to see what we're doing. And you know, I'll be out hanging laundry. And from what I garden. know of your boy child, yeah, well, from what I know of your boy child, he would not be impressed if uh, they get the harvest was not completed to his oh, standards. Oh, no, God, I can't. He has a lot of thoughts about harvest. <laughs> No, but I, I know what you mean about the stock of shame. My mom's neighbor a couple of years ago um, apparently spilled coffee in his lap while he was planting and made a big swerve. And it was right in the <laughs> front of the field. And I mean, to have to look at that all season would just be, I can't imagine. <laughs> School is good. Kids are good. Working on an IEP for the girl child which is good. Her school's been fantastic to deal with. Um, occupational For those therapy. who don't know, what's an IEP? Uh, individualized oh, education program, I think. Basically, it means that she can get <laughs> services like for her sensory-seeking behaviors, and the school will help with that. It's how kids get things like speech therapy or physical therapy or whatever else through the school. And we've been very lucky to have a great team to work with on that. Her occupational therapy is going well. The whole family got flu shots this morning. Um, next time they have to get shots, I'm just going to give them the lollipops ahead of time so that they'll be busy and quiet. Got good news about my real job yesterday, so that was good. I think that's it. Your paid or, job, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the job that makes money as opposed to the farm, which <laughs> has been true. doing really well, but still. How's your life been, Arlene? Heifer count continues to increase, just uh, just one more, but uh, still still lots of uh, baby girls around. I haven't posted the picture of the, the twins yet, but I will try to remember to do that. We have something coming up. We're actually recording this on Thursday, even though Monday we'll release it. But Katie and I are 
what are we calling it? Co-facilitating a session at, give me the name of it. The Women's Food and Ag Network. I want to get it wrong. Conference, virtual conference this weekend. So we get to attend a bunch of sessions and then we're facilitating a session on parenting. So somehow we became uh, experts or, or, or at least we can help guide a discussion or something we'll we'll see what that turns into what's bad is these people have met me and they still think that i have something useful to contribute in my bio i just labeled myself as the chaos engine so i figured they know what they're getting we've that, worked, that covers it yeah I but yeah it's a really a exciting years, so. list of it's an exciting list of, of speakers and i'm having trouble narrowing it down when there's multiple sessions going on at the same time deciding uh, who i want to listen to and who I want to learn from. So that's kind of exciting coming up for this weekend. Um, it's been kind of a quiet week. We're kind of in that in-between corn hasn't started yet. Um, manure's not going out. It's definitely getting frosty. The mornings are very uh, crystally on the grass. I'm having to uh, pull out the mitts and coats. Both the, this is the, the time of year where I'm trying to remember, you know, I, stashed a bunch of stuff away there's like 20 pairs of black snow pants <laughs> in my house of all different sizes and figuring out what's you know what's going to be a barn pair what's going to be a house pair who's going to wear what to school if the kids who grew five inches since the uh, last war winter coats are going to need new winter coats and bits and all that kind of stuff so yeah i've got some sorting out to do in the, the attic and pull out a bunch of warm weather stuff and um Katie always wants the puppy report. So he is not impressed with cold weather. He does not want to go out in the morning and his little feet are very sad when he has to go out, but uh, he'll just have to deal with it because it's, it's only going to get worse. I don't Please think he's going to enjoy snow very much. <laughs> George. Oh my God. They make car hearts for dogs. Oh, I know. My, my daughter's ready to buy him one, but I said, we have to wait till it gets full size first. They're too expensive to buy in the increments. So uh, he his, the brown on his coat is about the color of Carhartt brown. So yeah, she's already planning for his first Carhartt. It's so. going to be so cute. <laughs> Speaking of hauling out manure, everybody in our area is um, pumping out their pits right now and pumping out hog buildings and uh, cow pits and everything. And it's a lot, shall we say. And so <laughs> I'm working fragrant. really hard on teaching the kids to yell, smells like money, because <laughs> I'm already sick of listening to them complain about it. Like, we all know it smells bad. You don't need to point yeah. it out. Like, yeah, I always feel bad, but you know, when the, the bus comes down the road, you can hear the other kids like, oh, it smells, you know, when they're the stirring the pit day or when it's it starts to go out on the fields but it doesn't yeah. last for long i yes, uh you're right smells like money i dated a guy for obviously not very long before i met my <laughs> husband who came to pick me up from the farm i was working at one night and i had you know cleaned the parlor and i was clean and he walked in and he goes what's that smell how do you work with this and i was like well a that smell is bleach because i just spent like 45 minutes cleaning and B, this is not going to work. Like, <laughs> you know, all those memes about, like, if you can't handle the best of me, you can't handle the worst of me. I'm like, if you can't handle the bleachier of me, you're not going to be able to handle this. Like, that's. Yeah. But then I met and married my husband and had two beautiful babies. And now I get to tell them how to yell smells like money every time they smell shit. So. 
It all worked out in the end. I feel like I'm winning for sure. Podcasts are free to listen to, but they aren't free to create. Katie and I would appreciate your support as we work to build the Barnyard Language community. Patreon is an easy way for you to make a contribution that goes directly to making this show. There are three levels of patrons. If you join at the farmhand level of Patreon, you get early access to episodes and the chance to give us input on upcoming shows. At the percolator level, you can listen to our mistakes, and there's a lot of them, see video content like the Rabbit Agility class, and access quarterly instructional videos. At the good shit level, we will give you naming rights on livestock, barn cats, and future children, invite you to live chats with us, and regular updates from our farms. So today we're talking to Paige Jackson, who operates Grass Grazed Farm in Central North Carolina. Paige, what are you growing? Hey, so um, right now um, we are kind of winding down on our chicken season, which is so exciting. Um, so, it's always uh, good we to be raised, at the end of the season. I know, I know. And it's also just really nice to have, you know, freezer stocks of um, chicken and, you know, kind of getting uh, to a breaking point. So we raise uh, pasture grease chicken, forestry uh, pork, um, and then also we um, do a little bit of grass-fed beef as well as grass-fed dairy. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the gist of what we're, we're doing. We don't have uh, a market garden. I mean, we, we probably would just have a, we have aspirations of just having a family garden. So the only thing we have right now are our muscadines. We're kind of, again, winding on the end of that as well. Myself and my husband, we operate the farm um, as owners, and then we have five kids, um, ranging ages 10 through one. I had no idea you had that many. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've got a couple. I mean, it's we're not in the double digits, but, you know, we've, we've got a couple. Yeah. And I'm sorry if that sounded judgy at all. I was just no. surprised because I thought there was only one not or two. <laughs> Missing out over Surprise! here. Surprise! We got Yay. that. Yeah. So Paige, I know that you and your husband are both military veterans. How did you meet and how did you go from military life to farm life? Yeah. So actually my husband is a military vet. I'm the military spouse. So I was a military spouse and I... Okay. I wear that badge very proudly because I, I don't think I would look good in fatigue at all. So um, <laughs> I let, I let my husband own that completely. Um, but no, we, he was in for almost 14 years and um, yeah, we just made the decision to make a big transition for our family in terms of a career with farming. It's been, yeah, it's been an adventure to say the least, uh, you know, going from the military, it's like you, there's a big sense of knowing what the schedule is going to look like and kind of, you know, what the day-to-day is, uh, whether that's him traveling a lot, which is what he did uh, when he was in the military, um, to, you know, knowing that we were going to get four-day weekends um, set aside. But now but we've made the leap into farming, which has been, like I said, a huge shift, but in a good way. We now, I would say, have kind of taken back our schedule in a sense, but, you know, raising livestock is also very demanding. So that, you know, you don't really get any days off, but I will say the perk of all of it is being able to, you know, reclaim our time and knowing that, you know, we're doing this for, uh, for our family and for our community. So that changes the perspective of everything. 
Sure. So, Did you oh. both grow up in farming families or with an agricultural oh, background? No. no, not at all. Uh, so we are, we're just completely um, self-taught, <laughs> like to the fullest yeah. degree. Um, I know that like my mom, whenever she comes to visit the farm, she's like, well, this just reminds me of home. Um, but not because she was a farmer. She actually, um, her and her siblings, they lived like on the property of a farm and just kind of helped with like um, gathering crops. But that was just kind of like a job uh, that my grandfather like had. And so that's probably the closest that my family has um, to, to farming at all, but no, no farmers in the family. So what led you both to choosing farming as, as a career path? Yeah. So I would say it was really the, our family is what led us to, you know, choosing this. And I I say that because, um, you know, before Derek made the official decision of getting out, we were, you know, looking at options of like, Hey, like what, you know, what would this look like getting out and becoming civilians right Mm -hmm. and with that in mind you know I was like well this could go one or two ways like you could do more of the same which would be you know going back into you know doing a job as like a contractor and it would really just be kind of the same thing you know you'd be traveling all the time we would you know see miss you a lot but um I knew that and I still do this, like my husband is a really hard worker. So I was like, whatever you do, I know it's going to be a hundred percent, you know, like you're not going to half-ass anything. So it was like one of those, I guess, a, a moment, a turning point, if you will. <laughs> so, so when farming kind of came on the table, it was because we, you know, Derek had had issues with his health and we realized that that was linked to the food. And when we decided to then grow our own food in our backyard, you know, Derek was like, man, first of all, it took, it was, it was a challenge for us to find food that we could uh, trace the soul on. I'll start with that. And when we finally took the plunge, or I would say Derek took the plunge of getting chickens and raising them in our front yard, because we didn't even have a backyard, it was a front yard. He, we, we saw like the need, right? So we're like, okay, hey, like we want to do this for our family, but this could also be a you know a business where other people or families or you know individual anyone who's looking for food that uh, has transparency might be interested in. So that was really I would say like the turning point where we realized like okay like let's do this let's let's go all in and we I would say we both kind of have personalities that are like you're either going to go big or go home and yeah so that <laughs> in a nutshell that's kind of so you went, yeah you went big. Yeah, we went big. So is farming and marketing your full-time job for both of you? Yes. So before farming, I I, I did work as as a, a marketing coordinator. Like I was a, a social media strategist. Then I then went into like a coordinator position, kind of more along the lines of project management. So yes, I would say that that was and still is now my full-time job. I just do it for the farm. Um, but I mean, I'm doing it for myself. I'm opposed to doing it for anybody else. So yes, we are full-time farmers. Derek does not have an off-farm job either. So this is what we do all day, every day. Yeah. And how do you divide up the workload between, between the two of you? How does that balance out? Yeah. So I would say, I guess, to, I mean, I help with stores every now and then, but I guess the best way to 
to categorize things is if it has a hoof, then Derek is basically taking the lead on it. And then if, when it doesn't, then I do. Uh, so yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of, if we ever, if we ever do bundles or anything that's kind of pertaining to website or things of that nature, like I kind of take the lead on that and Derek is just like, okay, I trust you. But that's not to say that even with like animal husbandry that I don't have any input. Like I, I milk the cows, um, clean the milking equipment, you know, so it's not like completely far. And I also help process chickens. So, you know, we, I would say we're a team. So we definitely, you know, work together in a lot of aspects, but I definitely um, appreciate and value Derek's insight in terms of um, kind of the trajectory with like what we're doing with, you know, animal husbandry for the, the livestock. So Paige, and I mean, now I feel a little um, off kilter with it, finding out about the, the other kids but I'm going to assume <laughs> that <laughs> what I've seen I'm here sorry. is, no, I, no, I'm, I'm just impressed. You know, we have two kids and that is so much that the idea of five is just mind blowing to me. So Thank anyway, you. I was, you know, creeping your social media while I was putting the, the show outline together. And this is my, my one question. How is your entire family so gorgeous? Is there like some secret? Or like, how is it? Is your like extended family not attractive and you just like pulled all the good genes? Or... <laughs> well, thank you we need very to much. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I have a beautiful family. I think my family is gorgeous. Um, and I think Derek has a great family too. I don't know. I guess we just make really beautiful babies and I'm very, very blessed. So I, I, I don't know if I can answer that, but that's kind of the gist of it. We have good genes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. See, I mean, like our kids are real cute, but my husband and I are not that cute. And we talk all the time about not knowing where these two came from because they're definitely cuter than us. So, oh, but I mean, you guys have like the whole package. I was impressed by that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. As a parent who direct markets myself, I feel like this next question is a little tougher, probably, maybe. Okay. Um, but where do you, how do you decide where the boundaries are for, you know, you want to let your customers into your life and to feel like they know you, but also it's your family and yeah kids and like how yeah, do you yeah. decide where those boundaries are is what's public and what's not yeah no I think that's a really great question um I think in terms of boundaries and especially because I used to do this for a job you know like as in like people would pay me to you know kind of craft stories and develop strategies based on their business and so I would say that because our family is a a, a pivotal part to you know our why you know mm-hmm there are a lot of elements that are always going to point back to that in some aspect, you know, because like whenever the question is asked of like, Hey, you know, what made you do this? And what was the turning point? It really all goes back down to, you know, we wanted to do something bigger than ourselves and we're doing this for, you know, for our family and not to the point where we're trying to raise the next farmer, but, you know, because we're trying to allow our kids to see, that you can have a spirit of entrepreneurship and, you know, develop a business that 
was an idea and you know like this this the whole thing you know mm-hmm. um and I think there's just a lot of elements in that that are really beneficial but back to the question of boundaries I I would say that um I think it's just one of those things where you just have to gauge it you know I I would say offline I I am a private person in terms of you know there's only going to be so much that people know about me because you know, social media is only gonna, you know, tell you so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just gonna be like, oh, this is a story. I mean, um, you didn't even but, tell me about your other three kids. So. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't even know that. <laughs> but, you know, but it, I guess if you dig deep enough, you know, you can find what you want to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't want for my kids to one day wake up and then, or not wake up, but like become adults and then see like their whole life was displayed on social media, you know, because yeah. I, I cringe, I cringe at those, uh, those people who just share, you know, it's like, and I get it, like, you kind of want to share the you, you do as a parent, it's like, you want to share the wins, you want to share like, the great accolades that your kids have, or whatever, or I've seen people go to the extreme and, and share the bad things, you know, about their kids. Yeah. And I just, I, I feel like the boundary there is respecting my children mm-hmm. in their privacy and realizing that like yes even though we are doing this as a as a family business there are still things that I would you know I would that are just sacred to me you know Mm -hmm. like you're probably not going to see my kid losing their first tooth or they're not going to see us celebrating their birthday and you know and that's kind of one of those not that we don't celebrate their birthdays because we do but you know um in the in the in the sense of having privacy for them and guarding them in that I think that I'm loving them well by not freely you know divulging information that other people aren't privy to that aren't family so I hope mm-hmm. that that answered the, the question yeah funny story the episode that came out today we actually the guest child lost a tooth during the interview so, <laughs> that was kind well, of a you wild know, sometimes little, that happens I can't yeah, help it <laughs> yeah it was just like well okay we'll just yeah. pause and wait just for things to come it. back together Whatever. <laughs> um yeah it's definitely it's interesting to me as a much less private person just how people decide where those boundaries are because every family has to decide it for themselves right right you right know, it's such a personal thing um for myself i'm mostly more public because i can't remember who knows what otherwise and it's just <laughs> whatever it's just easier and we live in a really small town so people are going to know about it anyway yeah yeah it's interesting too how is it change it changes as your kids get older as well you know once you're say your your teen is is on social media and she finds out you know something that was shared a few years ago or uh, yeah or they they start to ask you to take things down then you you uh, you get put in check pretty quickly too not from experience oh, or anything but no yeah, no yeah. Of course not. Never this, of course, this is from experience never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no no and it's funny because i've i've seen i think that that parallel of um you know, the pair, and it's like, I get it. Like, you're so excited that you want to share all these things, but I've even had to like, like tell friends, like, Hey, I don't know if your mom knows that her Facebook setting is on public. So that means everyone, <laughs> yes, yeah. like the whole world can see these pictures of grandbabies in the bathtub. And I, you know, and it's like, as your, like, as your friend, I love you enough to like, tell you, you might want to tell your mom, like, yeah, yeah, please yeah. Check, check the, check the settings like, on please, that. Say, please check your settings so that 
not, you know, like on public. So yeah, those are, you know, things that happen, but yeah. And the thing is we're, I mean, as much as, you know, our, our kids are going to be growing up, figuring out social media. So are we, right. I mean, we, right. We started using social media or for me, it was around the time I started having kids. So even what I might've shared 15 years ago, when my first child was born is different than what I might share, share now, but we're all still figuring it out. And, you know, at the beginning, maybe your, you know, your friends list was, was pretty small and what really were just your friends. And, right. Right. You know, right. Now that's expanded to, Oh, that person I met once at a conference or the, you know, the former coworker, or, you know, all those types of connections that you don't necessarily want to lose, but, but yeah, what you share, you know, has now has a different audience than maybe it did a while ago. Yeah. And I, I think there's also kind of this boundary of when you're brand with within a brand, you know, I feel like from a business standpoint, you know, you kind of have your business standpoint or your business profile, but then you may have your personal profile. So, you know, there's sure, things yeah. that you would probably share to a different audience where when it's on behalf of your business, maybe that's not necessarily what you would want to share. And mm-hmm. I think for me, that's kind of where it's like, okay, this would be more you know, like a personal thing opposed to sharing this with strangers that, you know, know me at, at the sake of the business. You know, they don't know me personally. They, they don't know my middle name. They don't, you know, they don't know my mom or, you know, any, it's, it's none of that. It's just like, I just found you because I thought you were doing this really cool farm thing. I yeah. like, I don't think anyone really needs to know like details about my kids. Like that's just creepy. So I just, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's for me. Yeah. I found but, you through a hashtag and now I follow your farm, but yeah, I don't exactly, actually know. Yeah. Me. And now I'm stalking your children. It's like, no, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. is that really necessary? <laughs> well, I'm feeling really called out now, but okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously oh not goodness. doing a very good job of stalking your kids. Um, <laughs> I think too, for myself, you know, crafting the brand, so much of it is about whether your brand reflects your life or whether you're forcing your life to reflect your brand that for us our brand is for our farm and also honestly for the podcast the brand is very casual because that's who we are but you know if you troll instagram for more than a few seconds you know you see kids who i'm assuming don't wear that much white in that pristine of a house all of the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and maybe they do, but you know, where it's everything is very curated to fit the idea of what the brand should be. Right. And that feels very different to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm just really insecure about what would happen <laughs> if I put my kids in white cloth. <laughs> Monster. I mean, I know what happened if I do that to my kids. So, but yeah. The only yeah. time my kids are in white clothes are in the dairy show ring, and I don't even like it then, but it's, yeah. it's part of the process. Yeah. So Paige, for a lot of farmers, especially when they're starting out, um, learning to be flexible and creative with plans or, or what your vision is can be challenging. How was the process starting out for you? What types of things changed, you know, as you learned and grew your business? And do you have any advice for anyone else who's just starting out? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I've always heard the phrase, like you got to evolve or dissolve. And I would say in terms of agriculture, I mean, I think anyone can farm. I think anyone can do this, but I would say that the challenge is 
is trying to follow um, consumer trends and, you know, and I would say not deviating from who you are as a brand and your message, but also still keeping in mind, you know, am I, am I current in the way that I'm trying to reach um, my buyer, you know? Um, so I guess that would be the advice that I would offer. And, you know, don't be afraid to try new things and you will fail at things. And that is okay. I think that's really what makes you um, an entrepreneur at heart. Like it's, you know, I think sometimes people kind of see the picture of like, oh man, like you guys just started this farm and just blowing up. And, but it's like, but all the, but you also don't see the failures, you know, you also don't see um, the, the, what, like what has gotten us to the point that we are, um, or where we are today. And, uh, so yeah, so I would just encourage anyone who's starting out to, um, I almost quoted, uh, the line from the magic school bus. What is it like? Make messes. Anyway, that was <laughs> the Miss Frizzle, but the, I, I stopped myself. That's how corny I can be. Um, but really though, that, that whole, like, little tagline that she says is like completely true like you know you, you gotta be able to kind of go for it and and try new things and think outside of the box um because like I said anyone can farm but it's it's you kind of having your your unique value proposition as to why people are gonna buy from you um mm -hmm. so yeah hopefully that that helps mm -hmm. now in parenting flexibility is obviously one of the things that, that we need to to rely on as well, especially in, you know, right now and pandemic times and all that kind of stuff. So how is, how is your flexibility in terms of parenting and how, how are you incorporating your kids into your business? Are they yeah. involved to a certain level? What yeah, that yeah, like? absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we homeschool and I would say that our kids are really a part of all of it. I mean, it's, you know, it's because this is, a way of life for us. So, um, you know, they are required to do certain things like collect the eggs or, you know, rinse the eggs and package them or, um, wash milking equipment. So, I mean, that's really not, I'm to be honest, they don't really do that. I, I, that I don't trust them to do that, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, but there are things that it's like, if it's within their wheelhouse. Yeah. I, and I think that that's completely valid. Uh, for us, I would say, because, you know, one of the, the big things or takeaways that we try to instill in our kids is a sense of responsibility. Um, and then that was something that my parents always tried to instill in me. It was like, you know, you need to be faithful with the little um, that you have. And, you know, then it's like, when you reach that level of trust, then it's like, okay, and now, you know, you've upgraded, like, now I can trust you with more things, but it really takes them kind of um, developing that sense of responsibility. And so, yeah, like I would say that's a big part of, um, I would say our teaching is, is uh, having our kids, you know, take responsibility for various things that do involve farming as much as, you know, as they can. Mm -hmm. What led to your decision to homeschool? Oh, well, COVID um, mm -hmm. was a part of it, but even before COVID hit, we were already tabling homeschooling and our kids went to a classical Christian school, um, before we like moved to the farm. And I remember talking to Derek and being like, well, you know, we could like 
maybe consider, um, you know, doing this uh, homeschool thing just because, you know, we're going to be living on the farm. We really don't know what our schedule is going to look like with uh, markets or, you know, animals and like all of this, like, would it just make sense to have them home? And, uh, and then COVID hit and it was like, okay, well, I think that this just makes sense from a safety standpoint um, to keep them home. And um, that really was kind of the, uh, the, the turning point as to, you know, as kind of committing to, to homeschooling. So Paige, one of my favorite questions is what county fair contest could you dominate? We tried changing the question last week and it didn't work. <laughs> so we're back to it. A county fair contest? Oh yep. man. It can be real. It can be made up. I don't Ooh, care. What is a county fair contest that I can dominate? I mean, can, can it be baking? Can I bake? Is that, that's a county sure. fair contest, right? Oh, yep. for sure. I, What's your specialty? I can bake chocolate chip cookies very, very well. Um, which is very unfortunate because now I'm on this gluten-free thing, but I still bake for my family and I'm a pretty good baker, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty good baker. So I think baking would probably be my thing. That'd be, that would be my jam. We should all celebrate what we're good at. That sounds good. Okay. Well, that's my thing. <laughs> Have you found a good gluten-free recipe yet or you're still? Uh, no, not yet. I'm still in the hunt. It's uh Oh man, it's a challenge. Gluten-free is a, uh, it's a whole nother world of concoctions because, you know, you're trying so hard to mimic gluten <laughs> and it always tends to fall flat, but I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then also like the ratios for fat and I could talk about this for hours. I'm, I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah. The science of it all. The science. I feel like a bad chocolate chip cookie is one of the more disappointing things in life like i'm just i would agree agree. uh, all right so now (laughs) it is time for my favorite segment um we call it cussing and discussing so anything good bad or other that has happened arlene would you like to start well, mine is uh, fairly minor in the big picture, but um, our new puppy got his first shots yesterday and looking at his sad little face all day was just the worst because he was feeling so sorry for himself and he's so little that you couldn't really pick him up in a way that that didn't hurt the spot where the vet had given him all his shots. So it was just a very mm. pouty day, but the good thing for him is that my uh, teenage daughter was home from school with um, a cough and runny nose and all that kind of stuff so um they got to snuggle on the couch for most of the day so it worked out for both of them but his sad face was the worst katie do you have something to cuss and discuss this week well two things so our coffee pot sits on top of the microwave and this morning i made a 12 cup pot as i usually do and then totally forgot about it but somehow and i was i was home alone all day so i don't know how this happened there are 10 cups of coffee in the pot and there's what appears to be about a cup and a half of coffee underneath the microwave. <laughs> and I have no idea. Oh, how. no. Like, there doesn't seem to be a leak. I I got nothing. I mean, I'm going to assume there's a poltergeist because that's like <laughs> the only thing that makes sense. And my other one, Arlene, I've been saving this for you because now I think of you every time I hear it. 
Oh, nice. So Paige, we have a, a three and a half year old who has a lot of thoughts about <laughs> farming and combines nice. in particular. That's cool. And I don't even know why this unhinges me so badly. But every time he sees soybeans, he says, look, oats, combine oats. And I say, no, those are beans. And he'll look at me and he goes, no, those oats. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you must have fallen out of the stupid tree in every branch on the way down. And I realized yesterday that he's never seen, you know, we don't grow a lot of soybeans on our farm. And so he's never, I mean, they look more like oats than they do like corn, I guess. So I suppose, especially as they're drying up, they're starting to. Yeah. But he has spent the last, what, six months now arguing with me about whether these plants are beans or oats. And it just unhinges me. Every time he does it, That's I mean, he's, he's three and a half. It's determined. Oh. By, yeah. by next season, he'll get it all figured out. He'll be fine. Yeah, oh, he'll be onto something else. He's got. Then he'll claim that it never done. happened. Paige, do you have something to uh, cuss or discuss from the past week or so? Oh man, well, I have something that is hinging on the present tense. We have an on-farm dinner scheduled for this weekend, and. The weather report is forecasting 70% chance of rain. Oh. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I've, I'm saying rain or shine. We're doing it. It's happening. <laughs> We've done it before. But it just stinks because I know a lot of the guests are wanting to, you know, visit a farm when it's not raining. But we still have to farm even in the rain so it's maybe a trying to you know look at the upside of it and be positive about it but that's true what's on the menu for the dinner oh um well i know the main entree is pork um it's like a a smoked pork and then i want to say that's going to be served with polenta and greens i'm totally working backwards the dessert is uh it's like a crumb cake but long story short everything is sourced locally we're going to be sourcing or we're going to be providing the protein as well as the the dairy and um yeah and then the produce is going to be sourced by the regina farmers so it's going to be a pretty sweet dinner looking forward to it that sounds awesome how many people you're expecting um it should be about 70 guests nice so Paige, yeah. do you want to remind us again what your social media is, what the farm, your name, your farm name is, that kind of stuff so people can follow you and find out more about your business? Yeah, sure. Um, so our social media name is Grass Graves, G-R-A-Z-E-D. I know that part kind of throws people off. Um, and all of our handles are the same. So Grass Graves for Facebook, Instagram, uh, and then YouTube is actually Grass Grazed Farm. Um, so yeah, check us out. All Perfect. right. Well, good luck with the weather. I said too, that if I, you know, could go back now and do a prenup, I'd put in there that I never have to give my husband the weather report. Because oh. they always get mad at you. And I'm like, well, I didn't. It's not my fault. You know, I'm not making it rain and I'm not writing the weather report. So. Oh, no. that's hilarious. You look yeah. at, at it for yourself, bud. Well, they check say rain is apps. good luck. Yeah. Rain is supposed yeah. to be good luck in some places so you know gotta 
look at the upside there. But yeah, I, I usually Thanks. get the uh, the weather breakdown reviews from my husband from the various apps that he has. Who he trusts the more? It's like, well, <laughs> this one's usually well, more accurate on a weekday, but then on the weekend, I think oh, you know man. those people go on uh, go away, and then this one on a Monday's better. And yeah, That's okay. Well, and for <laughs> the longest week. time, I you know for the longest time I was the only one in the family that had a smartphone. So my husband and my father-in-law would ask me for the weather report. And then they'd argue with me about what it said. I'm like, well, Don't ask. I'm going to pull That's out the so big funny. guns and check the co-op's weather report. You know, like, get the official. official I'll just hold man. my phone out and you can look at it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You can't make me. All right. Well, well, Paige, we really appreciate you joining us and taking time. You know, I know. Thanks for late. having me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. I enjoyed yeah. it. As usual, you can also follow us on all the socials, um, Instagram, TikTok, and you can join our private Facebook group on on Facebook, obviously. So it's called Barnyard Language. You can put it in a request to join. And that's where you can connect with other families, other farmers, receive support, chat with other people, maybe see some videos of rabbits doing jumps, who knows. And you can also send us an email if you want um, at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com. We love your submissions for our cussing and discussing segment. If you want to send us an audio file or just send us an email, we can read it out for you. Until next time, may your hay stay dry and your children stay dry.